Welcome to Raw Collective Podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming back, for listening to us live, or you're coming back and listening to our recording. We're super excited to do our live today. And thanks for your patience. We just had a little technical difficulty, but we figured it out and we're here to do our 30 minute podcast today. So I'm going to hand this over to Christy Wolf to start with the introduction. Yeah, so we're here today at Savage, and this is with Tracy Little. And I actually just learned Savage is her restaurant, but she also has Anger Management Collective for the axe throwing place in Canmore. So I'm even more excited. Tracy, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and do you want to tell us a little bit about your business? Um, Savage is a foraging-based restaurant. We are a tasting menu only. We're Bow Valley's actual only tasting menu restaurant, which is pretty cool. Um, we're known for just using the most uh, locally obtained ingredients as possible, like literally stuff that is growing by the rivers. Yeah. We turn it into beautiful meals for people to enjoy. And you were just saying that you have a new menu. A new menu starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. Okay. So every time the weather changes, uh, obviously the landscape changes a little bit, different plants are growing. We have to keep it very up to date. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. Um, I actually have a question before Tracy like takes off here. So I, when I arrived here to this beautiful restaurant, like I can't tell you how gorgeous it is. I'm coming here for date night. So if you all are looking for a date night, you need to come here. You want to date us? Yeah. Yeah. Let's all come on. <laughs> but if you want to go out for a date night with your partner, you need to come here. But when I came into the restaurant, there is a sign at the front and it had this beautiful story about this girl. And is there anything you want to say about that, Tracy? I just think it, I, I took a picture of it because it really <laughs> caught my attention. Um, when I was a little girl, it says uh, I used to gather pine cones and stuff and make meals, but I actually did. It was very nerdy of me, um, but it was the introduction to my chefhood. I think I was about four or five years old and I still remember like mixing grass and seeds and pine cones into a soup and trying to get my dad to eat it um <laughs> I love that like I love what you're saying because it reminds me of my stepdaughter she used to like come into the kitchen and like bring like soy sauce and everything and grass and stir it into there and be like here dad or here Sarah do you want to try this and we're like sure but yeah so oh, that's awesome do you work with her a little bit to sometimes oh. yeah she likes to bake that's oh. her thing yeah that's awesome. <laughs> thanks, Tracy, for being here. And thanks for yeah, hosting us. Yeah, yes. I'll have to take a look at that story after. Yeah. So today our topic is around a vulnerability is, is a strength, is the new strength. I think that's what I called it. Um, so we're just going to free flow the conversation here. And I want to encourage people in, or invite you if you're listening live or even if you're not, to ask questions or drop something in there because we will respond to you or say hello so we know someone's out there. Um, so let's open it up. Ladies, who wants to go first? Anybody? I can jump in. I um, have had a lot of experience with vulnerability in the last few years. Um, I feel like stepping into, I don't want to say a spotlight, but being, you know, kind of more in a public forum of, you know, running a coaching business and speaking to very personal experiences while like through my teachings and through coaching it's really put me into a place of feeling vulnerable at all times like every minute of the day I kind of feel like that and I think it's interesting to see how it has allowed me to like become stronger through those stories and by sharing those stories help connect with other people but then on the flip side you also feel a little bit exposed because 
people know a lot about you. Yeah. So that's kind of how I've been feeling about vulnerability lately. I can definitely relate to that. Mm -hmm. And I just started on Monday, I'm running this eight week class. And the first day is when you're like explaining to people what digital storytelling is, and you're going to tell a story and, um, different people come to that with different things and, and just a different amount of openness about how they want to tell the story. So it's always interesting also figuring out where other people's boundaries are. And I generally try to set the stage for any of the workshops that I do. Um, and same with posts, like mm -hmm. I tell my story and then if you want to tell your story, here's how you can work on it kind of yeah. idea. But that's one of the things it has to come from me first. Mm -hmm. If I'm not willing to talk about or share something, then then I can't be asking other people to do that as well. So yeah, the, I don't I know that. a lot of what you just said. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. I find the vulnerability in my business. I'm going to take it to I mean, social media or um, on my podcast as well. I find it hard sometimes because like I want to be vulnerable and I want to share a lot of the stuff I want to share, but there's like, there's a boundary there too, where I may not want the whole world to know. Yeah. Like, I'm curious to know what you guys think, like when it comes to that, it's like, I want to share my heart and all that goodness that's in there and that vulnerability, but how far do we go? Mm -hmm. And who else is involved in the story? Like, is it only your story? Cause very rarely is it just our story. There's yeah. other people that are involved and what is the intention around sharing pieces for them? It's something that I've struggled with a lot. Yes, I feel that deeply. Um, a, from like a lot of my current life experience revolves around my family dynamic and like people in my life. And it's, you know, sometimes it's your story to share, but it's also only half your story to share. It's half somebody else's. And where is the line of sharing that? And who's, some people are willing to be vulnerable and share that, but some people aren't. So it's, it opens up to further conversations and having more vulnerable conversations mm -hmm. to determine if you can even share those things, right? Yeah. It also, I found when I first started a blog, I always said I. I talked about my son. I talked about I. And Harrison, my husband, was like, we. It's like, no, I'm, I'm telling this from my perspective. Like I've, I've actually even just struggled with the I versus we mm -hmm. of a story. And when do I say I, when do I say we, not, not the grammar side of things, but yeah. like, just if I'm owning the story, is it just my story? Yeah. And if I am like, if I'm including other people, is it the yeah. we part of this? Anyways, that one catches me like for the last 10 years to this day, that is still yes. something I think about every single time I open my mouth. That is such a good point because at the end of the day, it's yours, like together, the we of yeah. you and Harrison, it's your, your, your child, your family or everything. But if you label it and blanket it as our or we, yeah. is that even asking him, does he, is this his perspective? Like we don't know. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of just, it's either assuming that it is or assuming that it's not. Yeah. And it's challenging. It is. Yeah. Sarah, you're like, no, I'm <laughs> deep, in <thought>. yeah. <laughs> deep in thought in here because it's really interesting to think about that. So where I'm going is I'm thinking about my divorce and my separation. And when I found out, like I went through infidelity in that process, it's like, I was thinking about that. And it was like, I think that was more of an I experience. Like mm -hmm. that was my experience that I went through that. Right. I felt those feelings and that vulnerability. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like, but I know there was another person involved, but this is how I re reacted. Right. Yeah. Like I remember, and I can smell things to this day of like how that all transpired, you know? 
So it's just, it's interesting. So you can smell things? Oh, I like your I, scent activated? I, my scent activates yeah. my, with certain things in my life, like happy things yeah. and other things too. So wait, when something happy happens, for example, yeah, you smell a certain smell or a certain smell will trigger the happy memory. That's the thought. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's like, I remember when I was a little girl and I was like my grandfather, he was a sailor. Yeah. I, to this day, I can smell the life jackets that were in the, yeah. in the rowboat. Like yeah. I can smell that. And it's just like, it was just obviously a beautiful memory. Right? Yeah. So yeah. It's a very olfactory. I know it's interesting to see like how different memories come up. And also that kind of spurs into vulnerability too. Cause when you're experiencing those scents, you might be with people that are not involved in those situations. And sometimes you want to share what's going on in your head. And that brings up more vulnerable conversations as well. Cause you're like, Hey, in this moment, I'm experiencing this. I want to share this with you or whoever you're walking down the street with. But do you do that? Do you feel when those memories come up from the past that you're willing to share those things? I think I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I am willing to share them as long as I have that that trust in mm-hmm. myself. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. the people. It's mm-hmm. like trusting myself just to allow it to flow out of me. Because yeah. I believe by being vulnerable, it is part of that healing. It's about, you get yeah. to the other side of that vulnerability. It's like a release, mm-hmm. right? It's, um, and it's for you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I just have like so many things flooding in right now. I feel like I can seriously say that I was not taught. I just felt, I think this is a personal on take. I don't think anyone put this on me, but growing up, I felt that if you were vulnerable, you were weak. So we were talking about vulnerable mm-hmm. vulnerability being the new strong. And I truly remember stuffing everything inside and not letting anything out and just being so like agitated by things yeah. internally but not allowing anyone to know that I was upset like I put so much pressure on myself yeah whereas had I just been vulnerable people probably would have understood me better my parents would have understood me better things would have been different and I can see how making that switch in the last few years has truly opened myself up to different conversations with other people not even about my own stuff but about other people's stuff mm-hmm. because I'm willing to go there yeah. you know and I think it's just like, when you do share a story, you're making space for other people. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be even on the same topic, but yeah. people just know that there's a space there to listen mm-hmm. and to ask questions and to find out more. And I think that is a big part of it. I was just thinking about Brene Brown, but then I was listening to the clinking of the glasses and I forgot what I was going to say about Brene Brown, but she like, <laughs> all of the work on yeah. vulnerability maybe it'll come back to me mm-hmm. being vulnerable my memory sucks <laughs> <laughs> um I something that's coming up for me is like what if like we just kind of related just a question here around uh like women in business right yeah. and or it could be men too right so and you you're an entrepreneur or you own a business a small business like and you have staff okay so you say you have a few and it's like how do you see that? I'm trying to spit it all out here. Um, being vulnerable with your staff. Yeah. Like because, how much do you share? Yeah. And I, I feel like I don't have a team of people yet, <laughs> but it's, I feel like, cause I, I hear different, you know, mm-hmm. the community. There's very different perspectives yeah. on this. And mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, I just want to open this conversation up. Cause I feel like there's something here to talk about. I think we have our, I know we have our boundaries around it, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we can't be a closed door either. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like your staff will be more empowered. They'll trust you more. I I think, you know, you don't tell your whole life story, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, what's interesting here is that 
I, you know how like certain sayings you'll hear in your life and you'll hold on to them and you'll remember that. And that kind of like defines how you move forward. One of the things you always heard in the workplace was don't let them see you cry. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I held with me in my whole corporate career of like, it doesn't matter how much emotion is going on in your body and like what's happening and what this situation is causing for you. Don't let them see you cry. And that's something that like held back that vulnerability, right? Prevented it, it blocked it. And I think, you know, I do have a team that I work with in our marketing agency. And I feel that both myself and my business partner have kind of bridged that of like, we do share, we ask them about their lives. We try to keep it where we know kind of like the person holistically rather than just business all the time, because we feel that opens up the door to that vulnerability Mm -hmm. in that side. And when somebody needs something, they know they can come to us because we truly want our business to be like a family and you're building that trust. You're building that trust. And if it's mm-hmm. not there, if you think that you cannot cry in front of your boss, like, you know, there's like a block there already. You're not fully immersing yourself into the culture and being present, right? So I think it, it depends on what you look at, but I saw what I didn't like about past cultures and decided that's not how I want our yeah. culture to be. And that's up to us to make those decisions and changes, mm-hmm. right? And it has to come from the top down. So myself and my business partner, we built both have to be vulnerable and share certain things in order to yes. open up the door. Like you're saying, it's like yeah. opening up yeah. the chance for someone else's story. And I definitely think of like my best experiences with mm-hmm. people in leadership positions that do it that way. And that's yeah. where I find that my heart always is mm-hmm. when there is that like vulnerability and like trust yeah. building from all levels. Um, but it also, what your story just made me think of, I was talking to somebody recently who was telling me like, if, it was, a, it was specifically about patients sharing stories in healthcare mm-hmm. settings. Like, so let's say you were talking in front of a group of physicians mm-hmm. and someone saying, well, if they're crying, they're not ready to tell their story. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Yeah. I think that if you're telling your story, you're ready to tell your story. If mm-hmm. you've made the choice to tell your story, especially in front of an audience, mm-hmm. whether that's online or in person, but crying is a part of it. Yeah, like, that's a part of the story. I can have stories that I've told yeah. from like childhood or from 10 years ago that yeah. can still make me cry, even though I've told it before. Mm-hmm. And even though I am good with it and good with sharing it, it can bring up a lot mm-hmm. at the same time. So I don't know. I just, that one, crying, do it, man. Yeah, let it out. <laughs> I was just thinking of something and then I lost my thought. Oh, I passed <laughs> I it want, on I to like you. To listen, well, I'd like to listen. It's like, just let it go, Sarah. I'll come back. I literally had to write down my thoughts so I wouldn't forget for the next time. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that's what I was coming up. There's something that you guys were both saying. It's like, I'm going to go back and say, actually, that I do have a team, right? So I have a team, like with one of my jobs is yeah. like a board, right? Yeah. So I, I think they're my team <laughs> and I feel like I'm building that trust with them. Yeah. And I know like, I'm, I'm not going to say any names, but it's just like, there's a f- couple right now where I'm really building that relationship and I feel like I can trust them because they've held the space and they have been vulnerable with me right so it's given me that okay I feel like I can because I want to I Mm -hmm. want to say how I feel right so we can be successful in what we do but it is interesting (laughs) going into a new workplace or group even like it doesn't have to be a workplace but like with a new group you have to feel people out and everybody has different levels of where they handle vulnerability Mm -hmm. and and how much trust they give people Mm -hmm. right off the bat like I would say some people you have to earn trust with and some people you have to lose trust with like you get it right off the bat and then it depends if you keep it or not kind of thing so every I I don't know I find every person comes at that differently yeah 
got excited because I sat forward apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite a while ago, I was um, doing a bit of volunteer work. It was with, and I was really interested in what they were doing. And I just switched gears, but it's called Next Gen Men. And I loved a lot about what they said. And it was around vulnerability with men. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're talking about women, but I'm talking about men now. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and about both. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel like there's so much. Uh, is a stigma the right word mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And I feel, I feel very lucky that my husband is vulnerable with me. Um, I just say to all the men out there, if just show your heart <laughs> in some capacity, because <laughs> it's beautiful when you can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know everybody has their boundaries, but maybe you were taught to man up or whatever it was. Rub Reframe. some dirt in it. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> rub some dirt in it. <laughs> yeah. Rub some dirt in it. Like reframe that yeah. because, uh, yeah, I would be the opposite if I mm-hmm. saw. Yeah. I think you're, you have strength in numbers too. And I think that's why we are seeing a little bit of a movement of men's groups kind of coming together for those purposes, because there is yep. strength in numbers and why we're having these conversations mm-hmm that the more people open up and are willing to share their hearts and have that vulnerability piece in different relationships and different aspects, the more it'll just become normal. And I think that that's the step that needs to happen in order for people to feel comfortable. Because I think at the end of the day, we like to stay in our comfort zones Mm -hmm. as humans. And as soon as we kind of bridge that gap between like not vulnerable and vulnerability that'll create it to be more comfortable there's almost like a tipping point hey yeah like you have to see enough people in your circle yes doing it before you're comfortable doing it yes and like it the perfect example of that is like the minute I actually shared about doing IVF on Instagram like that was a big moment I didn't think I was going to share about it and then all of a sudden I just did and it just kind of like fell out of me yeah (laughs) and then when I did the amount of people who Mm -hmm. DM'd me and ended up in my DMs of people I hadn't spoken to since high school like all over from all areas of my life that were like I've been going through this I've been doing this this is my story and sharing their stories it creates that invitation to open up and those people had never spoken about that publicly either And you so, think you're alone yeah. until you say something so you're not. and then everybody else says, <laughs> yes. oh yeah, or I have a friend yeah. or can I connect you with this person? Mm-hmm. And I do think like when people are going through hard things, mm-hmm. we do hold it in for a long time. I do like, although yeah. I talk a lot about the stories, I don't necessarily talk about it right away. Yeah. So it is when I'm ready to start talking about a story, yeah. um, but that happens every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I want to bring up on this note is that this is based on my experience, but every time I, I do share something that deeply personal and really kind of go over that edge, I get a thing called a vulnerability hangover. Like without fail, I'll immediately like recoil back in and like not, I, I won't want to respond to DMs right away. I kind of yeah. need some space before I'll engage in those conversations because it's like I've shown so much of myself that I'm almost like, oh, like protect little Andrea, you know, like yeah. you want to be protected. And I think that's something I'm still working through of like, okay, how do we become vulnerable and allow ourselves to be vulnerable, but like allow the conversation to continue after, mm-hmm. not just like drop, drop it and run away, you know, <laughs> just ghost. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I feel whenever. But I would have to say like, even yeah. for stories. So like, for example, Kane's heart surgery, we've told mm-hmm. this story over and over and over. I still mm-hmm. feel vulnerable after, like it yeah. is still, I have to come off of doing a story like that. Yeah um every single time Mm -hmm. the first time is different for sure yeah but it doesn't go away Mm -mm. it like how you handle it changes yeah 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 Tracy said earlier that 
it's like you're vulnerable from being vulnerable and yeah. I'm like yeah it's like the double-edged sword of vulnerability like no matter what you're exposed you're seen yeah. it's like and then I look back and like is it that I have a fear of being seen well no I go on Instagram lives and do all these things I have no problem I can speak on a stage but it's seen in that capacity mm-hmm. is what kind of comes mm-hmm. up for me you know? and this is interesting because um we're sharing some stories next week at Arts Place. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the storytellers is quite nervous about sharing her story. And one of the like kind of tenets of digital storytelling is storyteller well-being. You do not need to share your story publicly. And so we have like put in place a plan about just, okay, right up to the last second, we have a backup story that we can pull in. If you are not comfortable, this has to be a decision you make. You mm-hmm. do not need to share. And I think that's also important for most people. Like we, all three of us are online regularly. Mm -hmm. Sharing a story could be telling a friend. It could be like talking to a partner. It doesn't have to be publicly sharing it. It might just be that smaller way of sharing your story. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think even that creates a lot of like feelings around vulnerability. But as soon as it becomes public, it's just that much more. Yeah. Yeah. There's something coming up here. There's a couple of things, but there's something around telling this the digital storytelling and that side of things about vulnerability but there's like the artistic side it's not even mm-hmm. speaking right so the artists out there that will draw it yeah or, and see, um, you see their their heart through their art exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. or they photos right yeah. through their yeah. eyes or music or yeah like so many yeah. different things so many different yeah. like dance you're sharing a side of you that yeah through expressed through your reality yeah. or whatever i feel like it doesn't Sometimes it doesn't always need to be verbal, yeah. right? And maybe that's the first step for some people where it doesn't need to be that way. It's like mm-hmm. when I'm coaching athletes on the pool deck, I'm very intuitive about like their, how they're feeling and they, when they show up and how they swim, mm-hmm. like their emotions, they just wear it on their sleeve. Like I can see it, right? Mm-hmm. And I call it out quietly and I make sure they're okay, right? Yeah. And sometimes the I've had some athletes that are, they will be vulnerable. And it's like, I hold that space for them to be like that. And afterwards, the end of the swim, it's like, they're a different person. Yeah. Because they've let that out. That oh, relationship yeah. is beautiful to watch. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't want anybody to show up in my pool like crying, but yeah. But it's obviously but like, there's that space. When you're in the pool, you well, can cry. People don't even notice. Exactly. I cry. Yeah. That's where I have my vulnerable. Some of my moments are in the pool. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I have cried so many times in that pool when I lost one of my, closest friends recently um to cancer and I don't get all emotional here but it's um every time I'm in that pool and I look up and I don't see her I think I see her it's hard yeah it's so hard so it's interesting just like right here where you are and the voice quaver um it's something we talk about when we're recording digital stories because some people want like it's like this is a part of you telling this story it is still raw right um and when I've had people who are like can we just re-record over that part and I just I need to catch my breath and try it again and it's always an option but I find when people listen to both versions they always pick the one where the emotion comes through yeah yeah Yeah. speaking to like what you're saying Sarah about being in certain areas and that's what brings out your vulnerability like when I'm on the bike, when I'm on a spin bike and we get to that like fifth or sixth song where they like, just lose yourself in it, literally cry every time. Like, there's no way I don't. And it's always about different things going on in my life, but it's like that sense of release. It's like, I'm being vulnerable because yeah. people can kind of tell around me, but I'm not having to actually vocally yeah. say it. So it's like within actions, not necessarily like, 
like voicing it. Right? Yep. Well, and it comes back to the idea of just writing it. Like yeah. if you have a journal and you're doing it and mm-hmm. I just saw the picture on your desktop. Yeah. Um, and that just like made me think about just yeah. what do you say to yourself, not mm-hmm. even other people about telling that story for yourself. Yeah. One of the things that comes up with coaching clients often is they feel a block of like sharing, like we could be together for a couple sessions and they're still struggling to share the stories out loud, like, or dig into situations. And, and that's totally fine. But one of the things I encourage them to do is then take a moment by themselves and journal on it. Like mm-hmm. whether it's Saturday morning with a coffee and you make yourself cozy and find that environment where you feel safe, yeah. creating that safe space and then sharing it on paper because it's just for themselves then. And every time it makes them come back to session and be like, okay, I'm ready to share this mm-hmm. because they've put it out on paper. They've expressed and poured themselves out in a non-judgmental, not that I'm a judgmental space, but just in general, yeah. it's like yeah. solo, right? They don't even have to worry about it. No, it's not even an option. nobody's ever going to yeah. read this, yeah. but then they come back and are willing to read it or share the story organically because they've had that first chance to process mm-hmm. it. So I think that's interesting too, because it's like, if you can, if you are struggling with vulnerability, what are the small micro steps you can take first? on your own terms Mm -hmm. before having to have those more open conversations. I find I'm too like toxically positive when I try to share things like, like, Oh, but the good side, like, let's talk about the bright side. No, well, this went well. And like, sometimes Mm -hmm. I have to stop and be like, can you just talk about what didn't go well? Like, Mm -hmm. and I, I find I do like, I do think that I put those things out there, but even those are coded with positive. Yeah. I'm like, don't anybody feel bad about this, but here's what happened. (laughs) You are like that. (laughs) Totally. I know you love it. I hear what you're saying. Teacher in you. I had a client a while ago and um, she was a stepmom and I've had a few clients that were stepmoms coaching them. And when they came to me, it was like, there was never a moment where it was never about them. The whole conversation was, it was like heartbreaking, but I've been, I've been there. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was always about the, the other something else. Right. And it was never, it was very hard for them to bring out that vulnerability and that rawness of themselves to start loving themselves. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was going through my divorce and, and I didn't, I take care of myself. Like, I don't think I genuinely love myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I do now, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, there's a, there's a fear there and people maybe just don't see it though either. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So what are you going to do from wherever you are right now to make it like to step into vulnerability a little bit more? Yeah. I didn't prepare that question. You're asking that. So, oh, no, I'm, I'm asking them. I'm asking you. Yeah, like, like, what are you going to do right now? Yeah. So if you hear what Christy's saying, drop it in a comment. Like if you're listening to the recording, we would love to hear from you, but we'll, I think we need to throw something in there. Mm-hmm. So I can start yeah. since I threw this at you and no <laughs> one was prepared for that. And really it surprised me when I said it. So that was shocking. Um, but very vulnerable of you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I am working with this group of storytellers to tell a personal story. And as I was writing a post just about finding the story this morning, I was thinking you need to do it too. So our next class, we're doing a story circle. They're sharing their first draft of whatever story that they've chosen to focus on. I need to do it too. And I hadn't like, although I'm planning the whole class out, I didn't think about that, but yeah. just being a participant and not just the, mm-hmm. like the educator about it. Are you doing a new story? Uh, it's a story that I thought about doing, but I haven't okay. written it. So okay. I, I will do a new story. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it is a 
it is one that is hard that I haven't wanted to tell Mm -hmm. or just haven't made the space to tell it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So throw it out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think for me, just like continuing to like dig in because I feel like the last few months I kind of took a step back from really sharing what was going on and really being vulnerable because of all the things going on. And I kind of needed that space to process it myself. And I think just remembering that like at the end of the day, me sharing these stories are going to help others too. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of my role in life. So if I don't do it, like you said, how can I expect others to do it? And I think just really like digging a bit deeper in that and knowing that no matter what I've got me, so however this story is perceived, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's, it's going in two different aspects of my life, um, career wise. And I just think that I need to continue showing like my authentic self and not that I don't, (laughs) what you see is what you get, but I feel like there's a layer that's not being spoken. And I, it's like, it hasn't clicked yet. It's like, I feel like I need to allow my heart to be more vulnerable Mm -hmm. about things. And I love how you said that, Andrea. It's like, I want to help other people. I want people to hear what I'm saying. So then they don't feel alone, Mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like I need to make that step. I don't know what it looks like yet. Mm -hmm. The last time we had a conversation of, well, not the last time, but the big time you said, there's something I want to do. And now we're doing this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> so I think in a week's time you will all of a sudden be like I figured it out yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> we're going yeah. yeah yeah that was quick they they come the ideas come to you quickly yeah. after a long period of yeah yeah of sitting on it yeah it's like I have these hits of like okay yeah. that's it it's like being on the radio it's like okay I need to do that I need to put myself out there whether they say yes or no yeah you know so yeah okay well this was lovely ladies always mm-hmm. always I feel like it's a good time to wrap it up And thank you all for listening. We're so excited to keep diving into the season. So many good conversations to come. Thank you so much, everybody. (laughs) We'll see you um, next month on Raw Podcast. We don't know the look. Oh, yeah, we do. Um, Let's save it. We're going to save it. Stay tuned. (laughs) We don't have a topic in the topic. But it's going to be fun and colorful. That's all I know. Oh, oh, I like that. Yeah, same. So thanks everybody for supporting Raw Collective Podcast. And um, yeah, leave some comments. We'd love to hear from you. Keeping the amazing human you are and have a fabulous day.